What is up, guys? It's David from Free Wine and Love and Bread. Before we get the show started today, um, just want to let you guys know how you can follow us, support us, see what we got going on because we got a lot of new stuff coming your way. Um, as always, follow us Instagram. Just type in Free Wine and Love and Bread. You should find us. Same thing with Facebook and YouTube. Go subscribe to our page, like our videos, watch our videos, um, all of that. We do have a Patreon under Free Wine and Love and Bread. If you want to support the podcast, we're going to have new content on there pretty regularly for you guys. Um, other than that, we have a new website we just put up. It's freewineunleavenedbread.com. Freewineunleavenedbread.com. Um, hit us up there to see what we got going on. Send us prayer requests, um, things of that nature. We're going to keep that updated weekly for you guys. And as always, thank you for your support. Um, thank you for the time you spent listening to the podcast, and we all really appreciate it. Um, yeah, enjoy the show. I'm going to remember to set my timer this time, because mm. I always forget to do that. You're on the show of Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. Mm. Yeah. I'm Dalton. I'm Whitney. I'm Corianne. Hello. I'm David. Wow, I just had a room. <laughs> <laughs> I need keep the crickets on. button going now. I'm starting to get the, the hang of these buttons now. Like, yeah, I would, I would love to know what you're doing. 70 right? something episodes in? Yeah. Well, I've only had this for like 20 episodes. So. Yeah. Not even that. Takes time. Not even that. Like this one's the dream house. These crickets. The blue one. Oh, the drum. Couldn't hear it over the drums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three sets of drums are going. Yeah. And then, what was this one? Horn. What the heck <laughs> is that? Oh, the scary one. We are talking about serving today on free wine and unleavened bread. <laughs> but it's not <laughs> spooky. What are you doing with that book in your hand? Like, yeah, why are you like reading it like... <laughs> My grandmother. When he's got it like in front of her face. I feel like it's a bedtime story. Yeah. I mean, it's eight o'clock. It's about time. I feel like mm, for I some. Feel like if I'm in David's <laughs> position, like all I could see is like your eyes over the book. Mm. Well, like, now it's different, but it was kind of creepy. I looked up and it looks like she was like going <laughs> to cast a spell on me. It you need like some kinda... glasses on and wear them on the bridge of your nose and just like peep down at us. Oh yeah. And Garvey and Leviosa. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the in Harry Potter when Hermione's looking up the spell. She has the book and it's Wingarvian Leviosa or whatever. Wingarvian, I don't know. Huh. Lingarvian. And she like lifts it with her wand. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Nerd alert. <laughs> hey, that is the only thing I remember from Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm not one of those people that watch it on ABC Family every time the marathon comes on. Oh, yeah. Six times like, a month. Yeah, it would come on like every three months. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. So annoying. My parents would always watch it. Yeah. Would, and then I would always like jump in at the same point they'd be at. Yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Every single time I'd come in the room. Watch Prisoner of Azkaban. Wanna watch it? Watch it yesterday. <laughs> can we can we go to the next one? Like he grows up, right? It doesn't <laughs> stop at three. <laughs> they were really serving those out. They were, man. Especially I feel like they rushed the last few though. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. What are we talking about today? Serving? Serving. Yay. Yeah. Talking about serving. Seven. Serving. Serving the USA. So, David, you, you've been a server. What was that like? <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's it's been humbling, honestly. It um, it sh- showed me good and bad in people, mm. and um, I'm happy I made the move because in uh, I used to work at a plant. You know this, and when I'm not around people, I feel like when you're serving, like since like it's what God intends for us to do, like it's what we're made to do to serve. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it, it's somewhat satisfying in a way, um, but. Yeah, you do see different people yeah. come in. And what about you, Whitney? Oh, um, yeah. So serving, honestly, I feel like it brought out better qualities. Mm. And, I mean, it has the potential to bring out not good qualities, but it, it brings out, like he said, just the natural things that are in us that are meant to serve others and serve people well. Um, it just really gets you in the thought process of thinking about, oh, man, like I want to think about the need before they even ask. Mm-hmm. And I could yeah. just see God being so like that, like being like, oh man, like I already know the need. I can't wait to give it to you. you like, and then you already, he already has it in hand before we even ask. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way about like whenever I, um, whenever we host like a dinner at the house or something and like we have a bunch of people over and it's like, I, like I want to meet all the needs and like, I want to be the last one that sits down with the plate. Yeah. Thing because that means that like everything is done, everybody can like everybody's enjoying the meal, and like I can kind of finish in. That's awesome. That, so. It's also funny because Whitney's usually the first one sitting down with the plate. You're Especially right. <laughs> last year at Thanksgiving, I can't. That's that was so funny to me. It was so. We were still good. praying over the food, and you were like <laughs> at the table. <laughs> Listen, moving them shoulders. Ooh, I'm excited. Apparently, I have a happy dance, and I'm excited to oh, you do. to partake of. It's not apparent. It, like, it's not apparently. It's y- you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. Oh. It's not apparent. <laughs> apparently, it is. It's apparent that you do. Oh my goodness. Anyways, ah, uh, uh, so serving, servanthood, 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 serving. Yeah. Well, I thought Whitney was going to chime in. I am going to chime in. So the theme verse. <laughs> 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 on track for this so the theme verse with us talking about serving is really coming from matthew 20 verse 28 and it's just talking about jesus and it's saying just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and that's really what our lives should look like if we're doing this thing the right way we should have overflow in our life just like in our previous episodes when we talked about the blessings of God, the the spiritual attitude and the beatitudes that we should carry in order for these blessings to not only come into our life, but to come out through us and us being vessels for God. Um, so serving is one of the highest callings, um, especially like in leadership. The best leaders aren't the ones that want people to follow them. It's the one that is there to serve other people. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you see this a lot within people um, that do lead in churches that have laid their lives down and maybe their preference in order to benefit others and not to be a stumbling block to them. Um, but you see servants a lot of times outside of the church, people that don't even know God because your gifts and your callings are irrevocable. Like that's a free gift from God and you can operate like in your gifting and it not be, you not be doing it for God, but you should be. But you can see like this this thing on people, if you really pay attention to a certain gift that they have specifically, that gives them the ability to carry out blessings and serve people. Yeah. And it's just like a matter of how we use them and if we're being good stewards of those things. Um, but it's just a really awesome privilege mm-hmm. to, if, and it really takes a lot of self-examination 
if you guys agree with that, yeah. in order to serve with the right heart. Like, oh my goodness, because you can do the right thing with the wrong heart and it's no longer the right thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, also, if you don't get the result you want, like not to say you want a result, but I know I've had some situations and like I felt convicted on this where I've, you know, I've had a really long day of serving people with good attitudes. And then there'll be this one person that, that comes in who's not grateful, who's very needy and demanding and doesn't seem very appreciative. And I'm like, wow, like, that's rude. Like, I'm not, like, I did this for you. I did that. Or, like, an employee. And then I catch myself, and it's like, well, I mean, I shouldn't expect a result. Because, like, maybe they are feeling something, and they just, they're not expressing it. Or they don't know how to express it. Or maybe they just aren't grateful. Like, you're going to get some people like that. I mean, but that doesn't mean that you don't do it. That doesn't mean that you don't show the love of God because it's the people who don't show it that need it the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think so. a, a good way to keep your heart in check that you're doing the right thing is by remembering that you're not just serving the person, but you're serving God. So Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So in serving others, you're serving God. You're loving God and showing him your faithfulness to him by loving on people that he's, you know, also loves. Yeah. And that yeah. goes, and that also goes back to taking pride. Like I said, this in the previous episode, like taking pride in your work. If, if being a servant is your job, like taking pride in, in doing that and feeling good about what you're doing in people's lives, like that's not a bad thing at all. Um, and knowing that you're putting that joy in them. And I know that, um, I had a conversation with, with, somebody about like sir being in the service industry where obviously you come into contact with alcohol and serving that um but also still like being in the church and like if that's a bad thing or not and just like Dalton may have pointed this out to me we were talking about it but it is it, it can be a ministry in itself just to like maybe cut someone off or like if if you feel like they are going to make a bad decision or you, you can't trust them to, to do the right thing. Like that, that right there is a ministry. If you're cutting them off and you're talking to them and you're, you're caring for them and you're looking out for them. Um, but I mean, God forbid it gets to that point, but you see what I'm saying? Like <clears throat> service and like it can affect people in the ways you don't even expect. I mean, some people like all they have is coming to your bar at, you know, every day like they don't have anybody at home like they don't have anybody to talk to anybody that really care about them like I know that's a situation that I run into a lot with people who like they just get so excited to talk to you and it's like to you it's like well but then to them it's like this is what they have and so like I just feel like we're called to to, to answer that you know mm -hmm. with people I think oh go ahead no I was I'm just finished. gonna say I think too in serving sometimes I know my own heart has been wrong where I'm like, oh, like I want to, you know, help at church or do s some volunteer work or something. And I'm thinking, oh, but I'm so tired. Like I've had a long week making all these excuses as to why I can't. Um, but looking at Proverbs eleven twenty five, it says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. So obviously we're doing it to serve people, not just to be watered ourselves. But mm -hmm. if we're helping others and we're serving others we're not going to be drained or exhausted after because we'll get that watering back to us if that makes sense yeah 
Yeah. That's definitely true in marriages and in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in the relationship that I'm in right now, like I know that her and I are very servant minded towards each other and it almost becomes sort of a competition. Mm-hmm. Like she'll want to pay for something and then I'll pay for something. And then it's like, it's like that. And it's just having that kind of heart is just like so attractive mm-hmm. and having that mindset about you is just such like someone who has a heart for God. Yeah. What's that verse where it says, like, outdo one another in honoring each other? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Just think about Miss Bitsy from, from our church. Yeah. A very nice lady. We grew up uh, at the church we grew up at. She was just so selfless. Yeah. And just constantly, like, it's like anytime you did something nice for her, she would, like, have something nice already <laughs> planned out for you. You're like, dang it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the uh, something that, uh, Corian mentioned kind of brings me to one of the questions I wanted to pose um, is which we've honestly we've already kind of like hit on it but like is serving limited to just like church roles so like yeah holding the door or preaching or whatever uh, I really don't think it is no like it, it's serving is so much more than what you do at the church it's what you do in your community mm-hmm. it's uh, it's seeing a need and fulfilling it yeah yeah that's where it matters right i mean the community like you can in the church like we're trying to get people in the church right Mm -hmm. and so the church is supposed to be kind of a stronghold but it's it's outside of the church where people actually need the service right Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's good um Another one is like in Matthew five sixteen, and it says, "In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." Um, but it, I really like that it highlights that what we do draws people to Him. And so, for instance, there's been times where I've responded like a way that I shouldn't. Like if somebody had given a bad attitude toward me, like you said, when you're serving and you have that one customer, and you're like come on, man, I was doing so good until I had to be around people. Mm. <laughs> and then there's been times I did not respond the way that I needed to. Mm-hmm. And it made them feel justified in their action to behave the way that they did and treat me and probably going forward other people the same way that they had treated me because they were able to get that rise out of me. But there have been times that, say, I had a wrong attitude toward somebody and they were so kind and so gentle and so nice to me. Yeah, and it made you feel like... Oh. It made me feel like, you guys can't see my hand motion right now, but like little, yeah. like this big, you know what I mean? And it yeah. really convicted me because they handled it with such grace and such truth, and they were kind to me when I did not deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so when we're going out and we're loving on people and, and we're being genuine, those kind of works where your heart's right and you're being gentle with people in situations like that, that will bring them to see the glory of God, because that's not something you can just do in your own strength. That comes from the overflow of the love of God in your heart for people and compassion. It's extraordinary. Like people don't expect that. And like the, they expect that from, from somebody who is, has a heart for God and who has, is a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it is something that you don't like may not appreciate in the moment, but maybe you go home and you're laying in bed and you're like, man, I didn't does. I was a jerk. Like, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, just following up on that, Luke 6.35 says, But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, 
And it just goes along too. Like if you serve someone and they have a bad attitude towards you, like it doesn't matter. Like I know it can be hard when you do something nice for someone and they're not really grateful, but that's not the point. The point isn't to receive, you know, gratitude or anything from them. It's just to serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when 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 he, what? When Whitney and I were talking about this, uh, planning this episode, <laughs> I know. When 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 we'll get it out. Um, we uh, we looked at Romans twelve, and she pointed out that Romans twelve nine through thirteen was kind of like a uh, like a how to for serving. Uh, and I just wanted to read it to you guys real quick. Uh, and this is actually where the uh, outdo one another and showing honor shows up. Mm. Um, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Um, and the, uh, there's so much in there, but what really s- sticks to me is contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Um, it, it kind of gets glossed over here in the South because we're like, the, you know, Southern hospitality and stuff. But like, how often are we looking to put ourselves in that situation that we can help someone? Mm, that's good. And um, w- what's our motive mm. in doing that? Yeah. Are, are we doing it so that we get a reaction from them? Or are we doing it so that we can actually, you know, contribute to the, to their need? Yeah. Here's um, something I wanted to share with you guys. It's a little, like, golden nugget, if you will, that I've carried with me for a few years now. But it's just, like, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Like, it doesn't matter how well-versed you are, how right-standing you think that you are. They have this desire. Whenever you're ministering to people – Um, This is just an application kind of thing that I'm throwing out there to you guys. But whenever you're ministering to people, they want to be fully known. They don't want you coming in, making them feel like you're something special and that they're never going to amount to anything spiritually because they're not like you. Like they have those things that God planted on the inside of them, but because you're not taking the time to get to really know who God says that they are, but just what you see on the outside they feel this judgment and they, they're not going to want to know him if you're coming off that way. And I'm guilty of that, like either on accident or just wanting to look like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But whenever you're serving people, the heart isn't so that they follow you or think that you're a good Christian. The heart is you never should have to say that you're a good Christian and they should see the work and the glory of God in your life. Mm. And by you knowing them and them seeing your prayers get answered, they want to know, where you got it from and how they can have that. Yeah. It's, it's not about talk. It's not, and I'm guilty of this. I'm, I'm right there rowing the other side of this boat with you guys. This is something I need to consistently continue to ask the Holy spirit to help me with, but it's, it's that having such a concern about their heart and where they're at, that that's what you're, you're going before God in prayer for. It's not, well, God, um, I just don't understand why they, they just don't like me or they like think negatively this way. It's about, God, they have a need in their heart, and I don't know what it is, but I'm expecting you to show it to me. I mean, I need your help loving them the way that they need to be loved, that they might see you, that Mm. they might feel your presence and your love in their life, that they might be whole and not hold on to these things that are so empty. 
And so when serving people, the point that I'm getting at is we have to be concerned as if it was our own family member. If someone came to you and said it was your mom or your sister or your niece or your nephew, and it was something life changing because it is like when we're serving people, this isn't, this isn't a natural thing. This is an eternal thing. Yeah. And it, it, we take it lightly, but it's so important because if we do that one right thing that God tells us to do when it inconveniences us, it could save their soul. Yeah. Like, how, and I just wonder how many times people, people avoid the, the, the option to do that. Like being in several situations of like, well, if I, I know if I stay longer at work, then I'm going to have to help out. Or I know if I like, you know, if I, if I hold the door for one person, I'm going to have to hold it for the entire line behind them, you know? And I just feel like if we, like you said, if we just have, if we just have that desire to meet people's needs as if they were our own family member, like that's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's just really important that we do that. And have the want to do it. Mm-hmm. And just finding finding that want to do it. It's, it just comes from getting in the word and like just learning the importance of being a servant. If you, another way to like, I feel like will help you learn to serve well. And this really changed and blessed my life in more ways than I could count. But the relationships that you have in your life. If there's not at least one or two people in your circle that inspire you, you need to change your circle. Yeah. Because who you hang around matters and whether you're being influenced or you're the influencer, there's influence present in the room. Yeah. And so I'm not saying everybody in your circle has to be this perfect or what seems to be a perfect Christian, but you need to have people that are where you want to be that can encourage you and lift you up and you can see how they're doing it and and it'll inspire you. You'll carry that with you. Yeah. Um, So I want to, ask you guys as our listeners to just reflect the relationships you have. Is there somebody in your life that you can go to that can mentor you, that can pour into you and be honest with you, even when you don't like it and be humble enough to give them permission to tell you the things that you don't want to hear. And especially when you're wrong, Mm -hmm. go ahead and open that door. Um, And then another thing is I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I started going to church, but I didn't care about living my life that way. I didn't want to know anybody. I wanted to sit in the back I wanted to hear from God, hear the word, and I wanted to skip out. I didn't want to be said hello to. I didn't want to sign a greeting card. I didn't want to be a member. I didn't want you to act like you cared about me and you don't even know my name. I wanted to hear from God. But it came later that he sent people across my path that didn't ask me to sign a card, that didn't ask me to, to do anything for the church, that just asked me to spend time with me, just to spend time with me, just to love on me. Yeah. Ask me later down the road, like, oh man, like, oh, how's work going? And I would vent to them and they would tell me that they were going to pray about it. And I would see things change. And it's when I saw the power of prayer and the people that God sent into my life, that made me want more. That made me want to get plugged into church. That made me want to serve. It wasn't the religious, oh, to be a good Christian, I need to do this. It's I saw people's prayers answered. I saw things in my life change and something in me shifted because the Holy Spirit came into my life and he changed me from the inside out. They and saw that you had a need that they, they saw the need and they weren't about if I was convenient to them. Yeah. It wasn't about that. They just spent time with me. They didn't call me out when I cussed. They didn't call me out when I drank. They didn't call me out whenever I was in a relationship I shouldn't have been in doing things I shouldn't have been doing. They literally loved me right where I was at. 
and seeing the power of God in their life made me hungry for it. And I've never wanted anything more. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So for our listeners, if you are the person on that receiving end, let people love you. And if you're the person on the end that you want to serve people, but you're not really sure how to do that because it might not be convenient, just think about the impact and the change it can have on their life when you just want to genuinely spend time with them and let the power of God itself flow out from you and into their life. It doesn't even have to be you preaching at them. It's just that that anointing and that the presence of God. Just them being in his presence, it, it'll it'll rub off on you. Like, just spend time with people just to spend time with them. Just love them just to love them. Don't let it be an ulterior motive of you looking like a good person. Just, just be present with them and love them well. I have a, I have a question for that, though. Um, what about the people who have spent years in church thinking that they love God? Doing what they see other Christians do, but their heart really is far from God. So, like the the people who like they're convinced that they love God, they're convinced that they are doing it all right, mm-hmm. but they're they're kind of living a double life. Like the lukewarm, the lukewarm. Like, yeah. do you do you continue? Like, of course, you continue to love them where they are. But do you not also hold them to a higher standard? So part of being the church is we are called to hold other church, like other believers accountable. Mm-hmm. Like we are to judge within the church. Yeah. Okay. Now non-believers, that's, that's the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And we're called to be salt and light to them. But we're called to hold each other accountable as the body of Christ. And, and um, real quick, not to interrupt you, but that salt and light, that's what we talked about in the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. Like those Beatitudes, that's the salt that is being referenced to with lukewarm Christians. Here's the thing. Like we try to win the battle in the natural before we ever try to win it in the spiritual. So we want to see change in their life, but how many times have we, and I I'm guilty of this. I will literally tell you I'm guilty of this. How many times have we really gotten on our face and mourned for them before God and prayed and interceded on their behalf? Because it says what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And what we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Are we binding those things that are blinding their minds? Are we loosing the, the the spirit of sonship into them? Are we asking Jesus to draw them near? Because it says only those that he draws comes to the Father. Mm-hmm. Are we praying that way? Are we taking authority in the spiritual? Or are we just judging them in the natural because they're not like us? Yeah. And so the first step with lukewarm Christianity, and I've been one too. I've been all of the above, is I was doing what I wanted, but saying that I love God. And it took somebody calling me out and saying, you don't love God, you're willingly living with someone you're not married to. And I know that you know better and you know the word. You just pretend like you don't, you don't know how to love God. You don't know how to love yourself. How are you going to love anybody else? Mm -hmm. And somebody straight face said that to me, but I don't believe that he said that to me without first covering it in prayer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause anybody else probably would have gotten offended, but that was life and breath to my soul. I went to work. I cried and repented all day for that. And I went home and told that guy, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to act one way on Sunday and live my life differently the rest of the week. I need to know God and I need to do it the right way. And we didn't end up working out. Let me tell you, you'll lose relationships and you'll lose friendships in that. But you have to be willing to sacrifice your natural friendship or your natural relationship if it comes to that point. But don't do it with the wrong heart. Don't go in and and say something to them if God didn't tell you to say it. You know what I mean? Be fervent in prayer first 
And then if God leads you to give direction, then do that. Mm. And at the right time and with the anointing and the Holy Spirit, it'll bring the right conviction and it'll, it'll cause that change and that shift in their life. Um, but bringing it back to that fervent prayer. And then I would also get some people that you know that are really in love with Jesus and ask that person to hang out. Because whenever, like, like we just talked about, when you have those life-giving relationships and people that are so hungry for God, you can't help it. It's part of our DNA. It's how we're spiritually designed to want to know him. The reason that they're lukewarm is because they don't know how to either renew their mind so that they can have the measure of faith that they need to, to believe God, to receive from God. Like they, they haven't learned to renew their mind or they really don't believe that he's going to answer their prayers and they've given up hope. Because if you really see it work in your life and you really believe what you say you believe, you would do it more. If we really believe prayer work the way that we say that we do, we would be on our face all the time. If I'm being 110% honest. And I have also fallen into that category of, well, I'm going to pray this, and if God wants to do it. But he says, if you pray anything according to his will, he'll like if you ask of him, he'll hear from heaven, and he'll answer you. But you have to do it with the right motive. And so it, I think it's renewal of the mind. I think it's the motive with, with which they're asking. I think it's that it, it's more of a heart and mind and faith issue than it is anything else. But if you get them around the right people and you're fervent in prayer, that change is going to like, it's just like when you walk in a room and you can sense negativity and you might be having a great day, but you can sense that heaviness in the room. It's the same thing when you hang out with the right people. You can be negative, but if everybody around you is carrying this joy that you don't understand, you can't help it. It rubs off on you. You're like, man, well, how are you so happy? And then you start to hunger for it. So with lukewarm Christians, that's that's my two, two cents on how I would approach that and how I have not approached it, but I should. Yeah. I was really asking the room too. So did anybody else have anything to kind of say, or do you feel like Whitney? I think Whitney got I feel like it. she covered it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm no, not sorry good. for what I said, but I'm sorry for taking up most of the. No, it's totally fine. Said it well. Um, well, I mean, that's pretty much all I had for the episode. Um, uh, we're at time anyway, so, uh, we'll go ahead and let this one go. So, uh, thanks guys for listening, uh, and tuning in to this series that we had. Um, again, would you guys just please, uh, support us through, um, you know, the Patreon through prayer, um, and, you know, sharing this podcast with those uh, people that you love and people that you think might uh, benefit from hearing it. Uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, um, subscribe to us on Patreon, uh, watch us on YouTube and check out our website. Should have already been launched by now. Uh, so yeah, guys, uh, this is free wine and unleavened bread. We will see you next week.